Hey, it's Melissa Rivers, and welcome to Group Text. Stay tuned for a new episode. Hey, everyone. Welcome to Group Text. You know, sometimes skeletons crawl out of your closet. (laughs) (laughs) And people from your past reappear. And that seems to be what is happening to me this morning. Please, everyone, welcome the one, the only, Ross Matthews. God, I love that I'm a skeleton. That's my goal weight. Hi. <laughs> oh. <laughs> I'm talking, well, it's that or I call you an e-survivor. Right, I know. I know the e-world, and here we are. Oh, it's yes. so good to see you. You look you great. You too. Thank you. So, um... I'm just going to start right away. You are a man that needs no introduction. Uh, and I'd like to ask, you know, here is Roth Matthew, Matthews or what is left of him. You lost 50 pounds during COVID? Yeah, well, actually, you know, I hit 60 pounds uh, just just recently. Uh, yeah, I lost all this weight. It, but it, it really was about, it was about health, you know, about getting my insides ticking. I think the the uh, pressure cooker of, uh, I call it pandemia, the pandemic really made us all choose, you know, for me, it was like, I have control over nothing. So what can I have control over? My body, what I put into it. And uh, I think it was just me counteracting how screwed up the world was. It was like, <laughs> I have to control something. So I'm going to do this. So I say, how did you, now you also have two chihuahuas. So I guess for me, the question is, did the chihuahuas lose weight too? Because there weren't as much like leftovers to throw Thank at you. them. Thank you. I actually, I have three. I adopted like a 12 year old uh, about a year ago, a chihuahua. And th- actually one of my chihuahua is like me. She's uh she suffers with um, ups and downs of weight. <laughs> and she actually did lose weight. And I'm thinking now I was wondering why. And I think maybe you're right. Cause I'm like not dropping Cheetos on the ground for her to pick. <laughs> <laughs> everyone's like ross lost all this weight because he was doing cooking videos you could see his dogs i'm oh. like did the dogs lose weight you know that's a hard-hitting question thank you and, and i think you i think you're on to something i i do too but, so but ross wait yeah uh, be, before we go any further you truly do look amazing yes thank you you thank look you. amazing you are glowing you look amazing well, you know, thank you. I, not to get too heavy on, but you know, my mom passed away in May of um, during COVID, and you know, you learn something when you get to hold your parent. I got to hold my dad when he died too. And when you learn, what you learn is that there's only a set amount of time between now and when you're in that bed. And so I wanted to put as much space between there and now that I could. And so for me, I'm glad I look good. That makes me feel good, but I'm off every medication. My insides are clean, my cholesterol and blood pressure, everything is good. That's where I want to be. That that's, that's what's different this time for me. That's a, that's, that's amazing. So it was a real life reset. Yeah. Yeah. So more of a lifestyle reset totally not just about you know the changing of the eating it was just it seems like it was just universal in your world yeah but mental spiritual not to get all hippy dippy but don't you think anyone that struggled with weight it's all mental because you're making the choice to do this or not or because it's choice by choice and they add up so it just was a mental shift for me about how i approach life how i exist here that's what changed Please, How very please deep. Get, please get hippy dippy because Melissa and I reside in the shallow end of the pool. So if you're hippy dippy, 
and we're at the shallow end. We're a fun bunch. No, yeah. please. Can I? I like the shallow end. Please, please. I like to say. Do. I like to say. I can go down. I I do swim around in the deep end. Yeah. But I'm much happier walking around the shallow end with a cocktail. But uh, get past me, one girl. I'm thirsty. Um, okay. First of all, we also, you know, we're on to your. We're going to come back to talking about your mom, but we're talking about your weight. The best thing about losing weight is you get to go shopping guilt-free. Oh, my God. Well, except I have immense guilt because I have all this clothes. You know, on RuPaul's Drag Race, I get to wear the most beautiful, like, ridiculous clothes. Yes, you do. And, like, there are yards of fabric in my closet I can't wear. So I feel guilty that I can't wear it, but it is, I have to say, it is fun to go shopping. And, like, you know, the thing, though, is that's crazy. Anyone that's gone up or down knows this you know, I buy a large and that's just what I think, a large, and I bring it home and it can't. So I have returned more things than I've ever in my entire life because I don't know my body. I have no relation between what I am and, and what's I'm in my I'm at the head. point where I order two sizes and return <gasps> one. That's smart. Yes. That's very smart. Like if or, I don't or, know. Look, it's either smart or time consuming, Ross. Pick one. What's your favorite color? <laughs> <laughs> I wear every color. I don't have a favorite color. I love it. Today oh. I'm wearing black, but usually, I mean, you, I, I, I can pull off anything. Ooh. I want to talk about how you started. Mm. Mm-hmm. How did the Tonight Show come to be? So, okay, if you really want to know, it's going to be in December, 20 years since my very oh, first God. Tonight Show. Mm-hmm. I oh, started my it, God. I grew up in a little farm town, and I always loved television. I, I, I it, To me, it looked like a puzzle. How do they put that together? Storytelling, the, the camera person to the editor, how does it work? And I, so I just was fascinated by it. And my senior year in college in 2000, I got an internship at The Tonight Show. And then- Where were you in school? Laverne, which is like 45 minutes outside of uh, LA, Claremont, Pomona area. So right. I, I was working for free and I just thought I'm here. I, I, I was delivering mail and running tapes back in the day. They had tapes yeah. and I just wanted to meet everybody. So I, I wanted to know what a producer and a writer and who pulled the cord that made the curtain open. So I just asked a bazillion questions and asked for meetings. And then one day a comic dropped out of covering the Ocean's Eleven premiere. And one of the writers said, you know, who's actually funny is that Ross in the hallway. And they were all like, with the voice? And he was like, yeah, he's really funny. So they asked me, you want to go out and we'll just send a camera crew and who knows if we'll even air it. And I was like, pardon, pardon me? Yes. Okay. Yes, I do. And 20 years later. <gasps> what a story. Did you expect it to hit as quickly as it did? Yes. <laughs> yes, I, I did. Thank yes, you. I, did. I, I always knew that the fame was in me. Well, I did. I just sort of thought like, hello, when are people going to hello? You know, I remember watching Rosie O'Donnell's show and just being like, girl, why are you not calling me? We're going to be friends. This is crazy. I was like in, you know, eighth, ninth grade. And of course now we are. There are just some things you know to be true, like that the sky is blue, that the sun will set. In my mind, it just was that I would be doing this. There was no plan B. Good for you. Yeah. Um, just like me, mm-hmm. you have done time on the red carpet. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> she makes it sound like it's so, you know, like, like it's we're a sentencing. In, like we're in San Quentin. No, well, but it is, okay. it's but tough. You, yeah. I guess people don't realize how hard it is. Not mm-hmm. just doing whether you're live. There's when, whether you're live or not, it's hard being on the red carpet. And mm-hmm. I'll tell you why for me. And then you add the live component on. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. For me, it was always hard because I always felt, and I always feel this way when I'm doing an interview on either end of it. My fear was always, I don't want to be boring. Mm. 
Mm-hmm. I don't, because there are only so many questions that you can ask. Are you excited to be here? Mm-hmm. You know, are you happy to be nominated? You blah, 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 blah. And there's certain ones that you kind of have to hit mm-hmm. because they're promoting their films or whatever. My giant fear, and obviously it was not a fear of my mother's because she never was boring, never. was always being another person in the press line. Because I know when I'm on the other side of the rope, I'm like, I'm going to shoot myself if I'm asked the same question yeah, yeah, yeah. one more time. Did you ever feel that kind of pressure? Um, I was too stupid to feel that kind of pressure. What I, <laughs> what I felt was I just wanted to make a moment. Because- Which is basically the same thing. Exactly. You know, I, I, the way I entered the carpets was from the comedy POV because I, I was doing it with Leno. So I went in, in that scenario, it wasn't live, but I had to deliver a six to seven minute piece that was punchline, 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 punchline. So then, so that was my objective then. But then when I transitioned to E and started doing those live things, uh, live red carpets, that's a whole different beast because, um, it's, it wasn't about the funny. It was about, um, I felt like I was representing the super fan. So that's the, the POV I took is, uh, I thought if I can just ask the fans, the, the questions that you, the fans would ask, if you got the chance to hold the mic, then I'm not going to be like every other boring reporter on the press line. No, not, no shade to them, but <laughs> kind of, <Kinda. laughs> yeah, I love that. Um, but that was always my point of view also, which is I'm your eyes and ears. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I'm your eyes totally. and ears. And also, if I'm having fun, you're having fun. Totally. But I always felt like I won the golden ticket, that I got to be there. So, Oh, my God. People, it's so amazing. It is. And can I just say to toot your tutor, I mean, you, and you know this. People say this. The history books will say this. You and your mothers, you did this. Yeah. It all it exists because of you. The global coverage is because of you, what you guys did. You guys made it fun. You know and this. You know what the biggest mistake we made was? What? Not owning a piece of it. Oh, my God. Can you imagine? Oh, my God. How about or even just a piece of fashion police? Hello. <laughs> right? Well, let's do it again and own it. How about it's, that? Oh, wouldn't that be wonderful? I love it, Ross. Let's do it. I don't think people get. I love live. Because I love the intensity. I love the adrenaline of it. I love that I only have to really focus for like two hours. I mean, you come off those live shows and you pass out. You're exhausted. And if if someone says, what what was your favorite part? You're like, was I there? I don't remember anything. Yeah, you're just like, it all goes by so fast. But what I also love is you don't have to do it a hundred times. If you make a mistake, you just roll with it. There you go. That's it. I, I, my favorite thing to do is live because there's yep. no take twos. Right. Yeah. And so even when I'm doing something that's not live, they go, let's just get it one, one more time for just safety. I'm like, no, that you got it. That, I mean, I, I, if I start doing thing, multiple takes of things, it's just inauthentic. It's lame. It doesn't feel the same. That's why I love life. By the way. And I'm the same way. It's like after take two, I'm like, I can't do it any better. Mm-mm. Okay, so now that you two have been down memory lane, let's get it, bring it on back. Mm-hmm. I am super excited about adorableness. I mean, that it's a part of the ridiculousness franchise. Yeah. 
I mean, tell us tell us about the joys and the fun with this new adventure. Well, yeah, so it starts airing um, soon, and it's a show on, you know, I do RuPaul's Drag Race, and so I'm in this the Viacom family, and they have this monstrous show, Ridiculousness, which is that show that sh- they show clips from. I, I love, love, by the way, every I'm, night. I love Ridiculousness. It's the show you can put on and watch, oh my God, six episodes just went by, because it's just clips and people making fun of it. Yeah. There's only so many videos that Ridiculousness can cover, so adorableness is sort of like, we take the videos that are twisted but kind of funny like a baby yawning and then burping and then throwing up you know so it's like it's adorable things but they're a little twisted and it's a uh, Dulce Sloan um and uh Allison Hannigan and myself um just making fun of it you know it's like you want to give us a hug and cuddle with us and we promise you we'll, we'll leave you LOLing. So we just uh, shot it and um, it starts airing the 19th, I think. Um, yes, it does. It yeah. does. Boom, boom, boom. And here's the deal. It's one of those shows that could last for a thousand years. So please watch it because yeah. it is so much fun to shoot. Do we you just okay. laugh all day. Okay, I'm that's my other there. Do you, I'm already do you, there. Do you gang shoot them? Do you do like the, the um, game show model where you'll shoot five in a day? You, you want me to pull the curtain back? Yeah, we do. And that's the best thing because it's like, we sh- here's a day of shooting, right? You right. get there in the morning. Okay, let's do episode one. I put on a cute little outfit. And then we watch like 25 clips. LOL, LOL, All right, break. Go put on a different sweater. Come back 25. And you do like five episodes in a day. It's the best. But it's fun. Don't you love doing that? I mean, I love it every time, you know, we get that opportunity. The last time Melissa did something like that was like 25 words or less. Oh, yes. Um, we loved it. It was just so much fun. I do that show all the time, too. And the the Pictionary, I just did that with uh, Jerry O'Connell. They do the same sort of thing. The game, when I was a kid, I was so stupid, I didn't understand that, that they were shooting them all and literally just changing their tie in one day. Um, but uh, it doesn't ruin it for me at all. No, no, not no. At all. But it's those kind of jobs are the best jobs. Please. Because you do it a couple times a month. You, you never get sick of being with your co-hosts. Ever. You're like happy to be together because you're not together every single day. Exactly. And it's wonderful. But I do want to go back to the red carpet. Go, babe. Sabrina was like, enough red carpet. But I have some, because I can go story for story with you. Okay. Best red carpet moment. Well, hands down, I I always loved Gwyneth Paltrow. I always wanted to be her best friend. And really? I always did. I just felt this connection with her. And so- um, I'm so Sorry. Now stop it right now. <laughs> oh, stop the shade, girl. Stop the shade. No, uh, be- by the way, I respect her so much as a businesswoman. It's off the charts. So yes. let me tell I'm gonna tell you a story that's gonna make you love her because I met her in um it was 2001 at the Vandy Fair Oscar party. And I wait, just, were you in the press line or you were allowed in? I was in the press line, please. I had just my mother started- and I only got to go, were only invited to go inside in all those years. Twice. Well, that's two times more than I ever was. And that's you a shame. You didn't miss much. Okay. <laughs> well, I mean, how were the appetizers? I, I didn't, all I know is at one point I almost fainted because I would, my mother was standing there having a conversation with Brad Pitt like they were besties. Understood. See, it's yes. probably good I wasn't let in. <laughs> yeah. But uh, so Gwyneth, I always want to be your best friend. I just been on the Tonight Show, started only like six months. I just covered the Olympics in Salt Lake, whatever. She's walking down the press line. I see her and I had like, Andy Gelb was the PR guy for Vanity Fair. And I had like told him, please bring Gwyneth Paltrow to me. And he's like, I don't know what I can do, but I'll try. And so he 
he did. And she turned and saw me and she goes, oh my God, I saw you at the Olympics. And I said, will you be my best friend? And she said, yes. And I gave her my email address. And the next day I had an email waiting from her and we emailed for like six months. And then we went to lunch and we've been besties ever since. And she's Are you like, serious? How true cute. story. And she's like the best. I mean, that's 20, almost 20 years of friendship now. And she's been there through my parents and her dad and everything. She's just been the most amazing friend. I love hearing that. I do too. I I love hearing that because she takes a lot of shit. She She does. does. She does. But Ross, you go after really what your passion is, whatever you just are like, you call it and you claim it. Well, like I told you, there's just things I know to be true. You know, I don't know if it's a psychic hit or what, but there's just like, so I just make it it happen. Yeah. Okay. Worst, worst moment on the red carpet. Um, it was sort of a red carpet adjacent. I was, um, I'm really not proud of this, but I'm going to tell you. <laughs> did you show did, your ass? What did you do? No, no. I showed that I was an ass though, because, um, okay. Okay. So there are, there are certain people that I should not get to interview, right? It's like, it's like uh, legendary people like Elizabeth Taylor, for example. Which Probably, would be an interesting interview now because she's dead. She's dead. But wait, before she was dead, <laughs> uh, I was covering this, um, this, uh, passport event, which is like a fashion AIDS research fundraiser that Elizabeth Taylor always did. And so I was covering the red carpet and they said, now under no circumstances, will you be able to interview Elizabeth Taylor? And I was like, that's the right decision. I should not (laughs) get to interview her. And so I was, then I was fine. I was interviewing, you know, whoever, blah, 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 blah. And then all of a sudden I see my producer at the corner of my eye, like nodding feverishly like talking to someone with a headset and they like wrap up my interview and they, they go ross come with me right now and where am i going they said you're coming to elizabeth taylor's uh trailer you for a quick interview you get like two minutes with her i was like what 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 and they said one more thing is before they shoved me in the trailer make sure you call her dame elizabeth and in my head Ugh. i'm like oh like dame edna okay dame edna I, dame edna was a really good friend of our families oh, by the way i don't know how much barry humphreys is humphreys. a really oh, was a really good friend of our family so okay you have to tell him this story so i so in my head i'm like dame edna no but and, and then i walk into her trailer and she's like sitting there in like a jewel encrusted everything and her dog is like yep Yep, yep. And she has lipstick on her teeth and out of my mouth. I'm so confused. And I just go, Dame Edna, Elizabeth Taylor. <laughs> and then and then I was like, oh my God. It just the oxygen just went boom, out of the room because it was just like, oh shit. And then um, I could feel it going really bad and just, just she didn't like me right away. And then I was like, you know, there's, a, are you gonna, gonna go inside? There's open bar and they're like that. And then I remember she's like a famous, uh, you know, uh, sober addiction. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you were just, by the way, you were just like, as you were trying to dig yourself out, you were going uh, deeper. It just well, was look, so terrible. Okay, so look how, at the wait, sober, How did it look, end? How did yes, it end? tell us how it ended. Well, I, when I told her about open bar, she goes, does that? turn you on like that and then um I was at a certain point I said I think we're done and she goes I think we are (gasps) (laughs) oh that was it terrible okay so I see but that's that's the worst one I've got so many worse go give me your worst uh my my worst my most embarrassing yeah okay there were two give him one short story (laughs) <laughs> How about you give me give me whatever you want? I'll take it. Um, there was uh, 
there was one when we were live and I was working with Todd Newton and I was standing on, cause Todd's really tall mm. and I'm vertically challenged. Mm-hmm. So I was standing on like an apple box, like a little, you know, for people who don't know what an apple box is, it's like a little box you can stand on. And for whatever reason, I was having shuffly feet that day and I took a step back no. and fell out of frame. No, you did not. Just and like ooh. all of a sudden, just like woof. Just she she gone. had she had a Lucille Ball moment. That is just hilarious. Gone. How is that not a gif right now or a meme or whatever that is? You well, know? it's so old, and it used to be one of the you know most frequently played in the gag reel at Christmas parties. That he understood. So okay, so now now let's talk about RuPaul, uh-huh. one of my beloveds and yeah. a dear friend. Again. My mother, I think, was the first person to put him on TV. How crazy is that show? Because I've done a competition reality show. So I've always wanted from a judge's point of view, how much are you briefed? How much do you know? How much do you know about the storylines and the backstabbing and all that? Or do you really not know anything until you judge the performance? So that that show is been it's been such an amazing gift to me because it is this global phenomenon that I get to be a judge on. We're seen in like a hundred countries. It's crazy this show, um, and I like to judge again from the POV of a fan. You know, I'm not a drag queen. I'm I'm someone who's in the front row with my with my dollars, tipping the queens, loving it. So I, I'm I'm judging from that point of view. Uh, I. I I, I get to be a producer now, and so I know a little more than before. I used to only like to know what they brought to the runway because I thought, let me just judge them on that. Um, but I do know more now of what's going on in the background, what's coming up for the queens and all of that. Uh, I, it doesn't affect my judging because at the bottom, of, at the end of the day, what matters is what they do out on that runway and on the stage. So that's that's how I judge. But how can you not, just as a human, Knowing what's going on behind the scenes, not carry that over. It's just not what I'm there to do. I know it's not what you're there to do, but how do you not, what's the mental hopscotch you have to play? Well, the same way that if I was a bank teller, I would like be fair when I count the money, even if I didn't like the customer. You know, you just have to do your job. Were you always such a good person? Because you're a much better person than I am. No, I come from, you know, like small town farm folk. So we have, a, I always say I, I have a strong moral compass, not a, just not a straw, strong core, you know, like, <laughs> I, 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 yeah, I, I'm always pretty good not to be like in the Pollyanna, but yeah. Oh my God. Like you're so sweet. Like, he is. How have you not gotten? He is. He's not jaded. This, He's not- how's this business not let you, made you become jaded or distrusting? I don't know. I, I, I hope I don't become jaded. I, I just, I think, I think this is it. Like I so should not have broken in, you know, like you think about it, like, uh, this voice that I have, I was, you know, heavy most of my life. I, I the, the odds are stacked against me that I truly just feel so grateful to be here that I almost feel like, what are they going to figure me out? And I, and that's not an insecure thing. It just keeps me grateful. Right. Well, you're, you're still, I mean, you're the classic line for me today is when you're like, I'm that person with the golden ticket. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that is what's key. It's like, 
that's what keeps you going. You're still that person with the golden ticket. You know, on that, the, when you're at work, you know, you guys know when it's like the 12th hour of you in hair and makeup and you're there and you're tired. That's where I go to. I go to, okay, do you know how many people would kill to be standing where I am? Just like get over and, it, And Ross. you know what you have to. I mean, that's what brings you back and keeps you balanced in a weird, funky kind of way. Yeah. But I wonder if one day, like maybe cut to me at 75 where I'll just be like, kid, this town broke me. <laughs> you know, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I never, know. you know, my mother used to always say, and it's become sort of a mantra in our family. She used to say, look at me, I'm 75 and they're still sending a limo for me. Yeah, she, oh. she, she was, she, she had that mentality too, Ross. She was so grateful. Um, she but was she was so also grateful. incredibly jaded by the business. She was, yeah, yeah, but, yeah. But, but with her being jaded, that also motivated her even more. Mm-hmm. Like, I can rise above your crazy and your stupidity. It doesn't define me. I love being a performer and my talent will make room for me. So F you, you know, that kind of a thing. And she just continued to glide on through. I love that. I love that she had that kind of gratitude at at 75 or at least the acknowledgement of the fortune. Right. Right. Do you ever get frustrated at people like, and I still do, and and as my mom used to say, it's like, if you don't, and I'm not talking about the people who are hounded by paparazzi, hmm. but it's always like when you'd be interviewing someone on the red carpet and they were being difficult and you want, or they hate it, it's like, do you realize how lucky yeah. you are that you are being, what I would say, that you're being allowed to make a living in your chosen profession? Mm-hmm. Well, the best is, not the best, the worst is when you're interviewing somebody who has no right to have an attitude and will Ooh. not will not Ooh. be on that carpet in a year and a half, and mm-hmm. like they're acting like the biggest. And you, there have been so many times when I'm like, "Nice to meet you," because this is going to be the last time yeah. it's, it's- <laughs> I'll ever see you. Yeah, and, but then you can tell the ones who are just. I mean, like George Clooney, for example. I was just going to say him. He yeah, he's a star, and he's kind, and he's gracious, and he's the. Uh, you can the bigger tell- this the bigger the star, the better they are. It's mm-hmm. always I always say third down in the ensemble cast. Yeah. <laughs> who is there- too too important to talk to you. Or the person of the moment or the thing that you're just like, good to, good to see you. <laughs> yeah, I won't be seeing you here next year. I, I hope you enjoy your time here. <laughs> <laughs> you're always so good natured and upbeat. What makes you angry? Um, or you know, annoys when, you, or annoys you. Yeah, well, I mean, uh, okay, what annoys me is like, well, I got, okay, I don't want to know how heavy you want to get, but like, okay, I got to speak with the human rights campaign since the beginning of being on television, right? right. Um, and work with GLAAD. And what really annoyed me forever was like not having the right to marry and inequality and not having my stories being told or... You know, my my fiance is an educator and um, he works in a d- district that is uh, very diverse. And he says that the curriculum should have mirrors and windows. It's quoting somebody else's thing. But what he means by that is you should be able to see into other people's worlds and see yourself reflected back at you in the stories you see. And that is something I didn't have growing up. And it makes me furious that when I was growing up as a little kid, I didn't know what a grown-up gay person was. It wasn't represented on television. I didn't get to see it. And I remember asking myself, can I be a grown-up? 
And that made me so angry. And so what has made me angry throughout my career is that um, it, I shouldn't say, it has driven me to be that sort of example for other people and to be on shows or that, 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 as that example provides that. And so this year on RuPaul's Drag Race, uh, we had uh, a queen who was uh, female to male trans who then performs in drag. And to think that we've gone from me not knowing what a gay grown up person looked like to telling Gottmik that person's story on our show is an extraordinary change in the landscape of the culture. And to be a part of that, you know, it made me angry when it didn't exist. It makes me proud now that it does. Okay, now give me the shallow answer. Um, bad breath. Real, and how do you handle that on people? Do you, my mom used to keep a thing of Altoids on the red carpet, like right in front of her, and would offer them to people. So here's the deal: I am. I think I'm a super smeller. I can smell Me what too. ingredient. Thank you. If if you made a soup, I could smell it and tell you what was in it. Okay. Me too. And I can also smell bad breath coming my way. <laughs> <laughs> from, from 10 feet away. I know, I know it's been a minute since you've been to a dental hygienist. Okay. <laughs> and so <clears throat> how do I handle it? Is I just sort of like, you ever do that thing where you turn your back to them? You're like, isn't it a beautiful day? <laughs> oh, I'm going to use that. Yeah. You, know, you still talk to them when you sort of peripherally look at them. But I believe that one person's breath gave me a sinus infection once. <laughs> Who? Okay, you can't be your no, mother's no one child. Famous. You can't be your mother's child and ask that question. Who? Why tell not? Me. He might tell us. <laughs> no, it wasn't a famous person. It was a person at a bar who came up and talked to me, who was really nice, but was a dragon. And <laughs> it was so bad. And the next morning, I woke up with a size infection. I was like, I really, truly think that breath did that. That's Ooh. hilarious. That's mm -hmm. terrible. Terrible. You know, you 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 mentioned two things: um, losing your mom. Yeah, you know. It's hard. Where the, are the you? Hardest. Where are you in the process? So it's been just over a year. Um, and it's uh never easy for anybody. Mm -hmm. Um, and you you have lost both your parents. And yes. so you, that's that on top of it is uh feels unnatural, although it's completely the most natural thing in the world. Um, I lost my mom, it was not sudden, but it was during COVID. So like, we still haven't had a memorial for her, mm -hmm. uh, which feels like odd. And so there are, grief is, is, as you know, is this process where you, you're suffocated by it and then you, it starts to become normal and then it punches you in the gut when you remember in this, right? So it's easy to for, not forget. It's- You compartmentalize still, a little bit. Well, it, it's just, it's at that part now when it's, it's so bizarre that it's normal. Right. I found two things. I always say losing the first parent for me was a comma. Losing the second was a period. Yeah. That complete sense. I understand that a hundred percent. And I also found the second year harder than the first. Sorry for that bad news. Ugh. The first Everything is new and bizarre and you're prepared for the first this or the first Thanksgiving or the first birthday. You're prepared for it because it's still so surreal. The second one is real. Mm. At least that's how it was for me mm. where, wow, this wasn't just a one-off. Mm. And I mm. found that for myself, I struggled with the second year more than the first. Well, thanks a lot for that. You're welcome. Yeah. yeah. I have a little no. ray of sunshine. But you know, it is, a, there's no right or wrong way to, no. there's, there's nothing. So I'm, I'm, I'm in, I'm in it. You're in right. it. Right. The thing is, 
at one point in everybody's life they are. And there's some sort of strange comfort in that. You're part now of the club you never wanted to be in. No, and to, you know, you, I, I imagine, were you the first person in your peer group that lost a parent? Because I was 24 and my dad died. My friends hadn't been through it. I was 19. You were 19. So, so I found it difficult to find anybody that would, could relate to it. Yes. Right? Uh-huh. And that, um, and that was a unique thing. It's interesting how paralleled our experiences are in many ways. Yeah. And I'm yeah. also the first in my peer group to lose both parents. Same. Same. Do you have someone that you can talk to that you, any friend or? Oh, well, I have you, Dr. May who I'm putting his twins through college. I've been with uh, him so long. You have been. <laughs> I, need, I need a Dr. May. And so I have Sabrina and, yeah. you know, Sabrina and I have been, I mean, my mom was a second mother to her. Yeah. Aww. We've been through a lot. We've been through so a lot together. You, I'm so glad you guys have each other through this, this But time. now this, let's talk about something positive. Okay. Yes. The fiance. Yes, this engagement. Tell us, please. How did you guys meet? How long ago? We, you know, let's get girly here. We want to know all the details. Okay, so you know, I was in a long-term relationship, and that ended amicably. Um, uh, that was like ten years, and then I had a couple years of just like kind of dating. I was seeing somebody, and then I was single. And the thing you learn is what you want. You know, with age, with experience, you learn exactly what you want, what you need. Um, and I was in Puerto Vallarta. I go there about five times a year with this group of friends. We just love, we go, we stay at the same place. It's just always so fun. And I am an early riser. So I got up, this is in January, 2020. I get up early with my friend, Nikki. We go get a breakfast burrito. We go to the rooftop pool. We're sitting there and there's only one other person up there in the corner. And I am like, who, who that? <laughs> and um, then I got up and I had been, I get obsessed about, the, this is such a long story. Do you want, you really want to hear yes, this? Yes, want to yes, yes, okay. yes, yes. So I get obsessed with things that are so stupid. Like there's two pools up there that kind of connect, but I was convinced one side was warmer than the other. The whole week I was like, this one's warmer. This is what I'm up By the way, <laughs> me too. You're this way. is better. I yeah. like that bathroom, even though they're exactly the same. Exactly. So I'm standing going, th- I'm putting my foot in this one, then that one I'm feeling. And he walks by and I'm like, I think that this pool is warmer than that pool. And he was like, huh? Well, so he's like, feels it. And I was like, I'm Ross Matthews. And he goes, I'm Dr. Wellington. Then we got in the pool and then we just kept talking. And then my friend showed up and they were like, who's this? And then it, he just like felt like part of it. And then within an hour, he kissed me. And then we, then we went to lunch and then we've never been apart. I mean, we, you know, he lived, he lives in New York. I'm here now. I'm now I'm bi-coastal, but then he started going on tour with me. Like every time I was in a city, he would show up and come to LA. He was, a, and it's just has been very who, sweet. Who and, proposed um, to whom? I proposed. Oh, yeah. was it special? It was beautiful. It was during COVID. So it was a very COVID proposal. So he thought we were having a zoom happy hour with our Puerto Vallarta friends um, and when he got in, there were 50 people on the Zoom from all over the world. Oh. You know, he's like, Pam, Pam from work. What are you doing here? You know, his <laughs> parents and everyone was there. And and we, it felt like, and I think a lot of people can relate to this. Um, it felt like it would be so impersonal over Zoom, but it was so amazing because how else could I have done it with all of those people across the globe experiencing it? 
together. And I actually record it. I have it recorded. I'll send it to you guys if you just want to see it because it's yeah. so beautiful. And you just, did you have your place decorated? Did you? I, I did, did the you whole do? thing. I mm-hmm. did the whole thing down on one knee. Um, I had the rings made. Another thing you'll know about me is I get really involved. So I found a jeweler. And then every day after work on the Drew Barrymore show, I would go to, to the thing and I helped, you know, carve it and place the diamonds. I learned all about all the different grades of everything. And I, yeah, I get really in there on things. So let's talk about Drew. Uh, the best. How did that come to be? Drew Barrymore. I never knew her. I interviewed her like once on a red carpet. It's Charlie's Angels 2. But what? I got to tell you, you guys have great chemistry on air. I've seen you together and you do. Well, thank you. So this is what happened is I knew her producer just through friends of friends. And and I was going to New York to visit my my boyfriend at the time, soon to be fiance. And he was like, oh, do you want to come on the show one time to do a thing? I was like, of course. I've never how was he? I, wait, so how was he on the, oh, Drew asked you. No, my friend is the producer oh, of your friend Drew's is the show, producer, Chris Miller. So, right. so Chris Miller was like, do you want to come on and do Drew's news ones? We're just trying to figure it out. I was like, sure, I'll come on. And, oh, hi, Drew. And I come on. And it was literally like we had known each other a million years. And then they said, do you want to come back tomorrow? Can you stay all next week? Okay. So I went in October and I didn't leave until the end of the season at the end of May. I stayed. I'm on every day. And now I'm back. We got a second season. I'm going to be on every single day next season, too. And she's just the best. Congratulations. But I'm telling you, you two seem like you've known each other your whole life. It feels like that off camera, on camera, the same. She's, she's, a, I don't know. You know, you've met so many people that are like kind of not the same as they are. She well, is she, exactly the well, same. Well, that's why the show works. Yeah. She's yeah. authentic. That's and why Kelly year, Clark, by the way, that's why Kelly Clarkson works. They're authentic. Absolutely. And this year we get the, we get an audience. We've never had an audience because of oh. COVID. So we're going to get like a hundred and something people, 30 people or something oh. in there. So let's go. We let's are go ready for season two. We yes. are ready. Well, okay. Have, you set, have you set a wedding date? We're doing all that now. I, when you get engaged, I've never been married. So the engagement was a whole process. And then I'm like, oh my God, now we have to plan a wedding. <laughs> how, how in the hell do you plan a wedding? I don't know. So I'll hire a wedding planner. Do you know one? Can you help me? Oh, I don't even know if the one that I, I haven't been married in so long and that I don't even know if the one I used was still in business. <laughs> still alive. Still that? alive. <laughs> Let's even work on that. But you I can get so you funny. a fantastic florist. <laughs> okay, thank you. <laughs> yeah. Preston Bailey. Yes. Preston okay. Bailey. He's I'm the best. Down Preston. Yes, he's, in, he's Preston. in New York. Question as if I'm channeling my mom. Go. Would your mom think you're marrying well? So my mom never got to meet um, Wellington, but when she was in decline, um, I showed her a picture of him and I held it up and she goes, oh, I think I know him. And I think in a way, you know, she was at that point where she was sort of in and out of this world Mm -hmm. that maybe she did. And I know that she, she just, lo- she would just love him. Oh, well, so we can't wait. We can't make, wait to meet him. I can't wait for my wedding invitation. So I know, <laughs> yes. I know you're Gwyneth Paltrow's best friend <laughs> and you asked her, can I ask you to be my best friend? I am in for only if I can get both of you. Can this be a, 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 a twofer? A, 
Thank you so much. Please. Absolutely. We're, Ross just, Matthews. Just consider us your little swirl. You got the chocolate and vanilla. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I like. Thank you so much. <laughs> Ross Matthews, always a joy. <laughs> <laughs>